Just walk as He walked. Those who worship the Lord, worship in spirit and truth. Those who say that they know Him, must walk as He walked. He is the way and the truth, and in Him remains the life. If we obey His word, then we walk in the light. He is the way and the truth, and in Him is the life. If we obey His word, then we walk in the light. friends it is good to have internet again <clears throat> yesterday as i uh, i had I, I kept some meetings yesterday i said in retrospect i probably should have stayed home i have a roof i have to repair and yesterday was uh, almost 60 degrees uh, but i wanted to let things dry out a little bit first and uh, i'll get up there on the roof today and Put a bunch of shingles on, and uh, I've done roofing before, so it's not a big thing, except I'm starting to realize I'm getting older, and some things aren't as easy as they used to be, And uh, but anyway, state of Maine is, is a mess. In fact, 14 of 16 counties declared uh, uh, disaster areas uh, by our governor, uh, Waldo County being among them, and uh, I mean, you could go trek into... Um, Go trek into uh, the internet and do a little Google search on uh, storm damage in Maine. And uh, yesterday driving, I was able to see a bunch of that and realize why we didn't have internet. And I mean, trees down on power lines all over the place. And 
some people saying that, that here in Maine they won't get their power back for uh, till after Christmas. So, uh, and then that plus flooding in places and cars, you know, washed downstream, all those types of things. Uh, snow would have been much much better. Uh, I think really it would have been a lot of snow had that all been snow and wind and uh, whatnot, but. Anyway, here we are. We're back, and uh, internet's working. The heat is on. The lights are on. I'm home, and uh, we get to uh, spend a little bit of time together this morning, uh, considering God's word. And what I want to talk to you today about is the idea of the skeptics. I began talking about that on Monday. Of course, we didn't have a broadcast yesterday. Uh, and uh, I said I would get to the skeptics, so I'm going to get to the skeptics today. I was outlining for you on Monday uh, out of Matthew chapter chapter 1, and then going back and looking at several of the Old Testament prophecies that Jesus fulfilled um, in, in correlation to those. But I want to raise a, a, a question of skeptics. And I go, okay, well, okay. And there's a few things that we're going to look at here this morning like that. So let me take us in into the text again. Just a few things I want to draw to your attention. The record of genealogy of Jesus, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Uh, Abraham was the father of Isaac. And it makes its way all the way down here to uh, verse 6. And we talked on Monday about the fact there are 14 generations from Abraham to David, uh, from David to the time of the captivity, and then from 14 from the time of the captivity down to the birth of Jesus, 42 generations in all that we considered. And uh, in this We see the um, in this we see uh, fulfilled prophecy. We talked about that on Monday. Sorry, I'm distracted by a little something here in the house, and now I'm back on target again. But uh, a, a little bit of certainty, maybe that that can give. But what about the skeptics? The skeptics would look at this. The skeptics look at the prophecy here and go, okay, yeah, it's a family line. So a couple of kids, you can go over and read Matthew, uh, in Luke as well, genealogy records there, a couple of kids who had some claim to the royal line of David to the uh, and to the line of Judah, going all the way back, um, knew that they had that ancestral line, and they decided that they would say they were the parents of the the Hamashiach, the Hamas, uh, the, the the Messiah, Jesus, and uh, so they fabricated this elaborate tale based upon their genealogical lines. I mean, it, I can hear a skeptic saying something like that. Uh, and and we looked at the prophecies the other day. You, you go back in. Uh, to Genesis, Genesis chapter 12, we looked at that, uh, verse 2, and then over in verse uh, chapter 22 of Genesis, uh, where the promise is given to Abraham that uh, through him all the nations on the earth will be blessed, reference, prophetic reference to Jesus. 
we went to Genesis chapter 49, and we talked about uh, how uh, uh, the line would come through Judah. Uh, That was Genesis chapter 49, verse 10. So we see here in verse 3, the fulfillment of that. Uh, And then we looked at other prophecies that had to do with the um, the line of David. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 23, if, and I'm trying to remember if I took us there. Let me take us over to Jeremiah 23 because we lost today, uh, and Monday is a blur from fighting the storm, and uh, then yesterday just trying to recover a little bit and keep up with some of the work. Uh, J- uh, Jeremiah chapter Yes, we did look at this, Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 5 and 6. Here it is. Uh, the days are coming, declares the Lord, and I'll raise up uh, to David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. Now, again, I talked about this the other day, that people in Jesus' day thinking, hey, if he's the one, then he's going to deliver us from Roman oppression, which wasn't quite what God's plan was, yet at this point, uh, this is the name by which we be called the Lord, our righteousness. So considering that that passage, that verse in this line, uh, and that Jesus' family, Mary and Joseph, could trace their lineage all the way back there, uh, as we note in Matthew chapter 1, there's several fulfilled prophecies from the Old Testament that take place in chapter 1, verse 1, uh, all the way down through verse 17. Uh, I'm going to go to verse 14 and read some names because it's f- cool. Azor, the father of Zadok, Zadok, the father of Akim, Akim, the father of of Eliud, Eliud the father of Eleazar, Eleazar the father of Matan, Matan the father of Jacob, uh, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the Mary of uh, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who was called Christ. Thus, there were fourteen generations in all, from Abraham to David, fourteen from David to the exile in Babylon, fourteen from the exile to the Christ. Now, again. I'm saying what skeptics could say. I, I'm playing the part of the skeptic a little bit and saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. So a couple kids, a couple teenage kids uh, who, and they were well-educated in the, their days. Teenagers in those days are not like teenagers in our day. They were responsible. They had to work from, you know, bar mitzvah time uh, or earlier than that. Uh, it, when they were 12, 13, 14, 15 years of age, they had to become responsible citizens and adults. Uh but these couple of kids said, hey, we know that we're of this family line. Why don't we say that, that Jesus is ours? Well, okay, there, but for prophecy. There is other prophecy that we need to look at, that we need to consider. Uh, and But I'm going to have a skeptic's response to this as well. Over in uh, Matt, Isaiah chapter 7. There is a, a prophecy which is given, which they will purport to fulfill. So let me take you over to uh, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. 
Sorry about the pauses here. I, I, I have to think a little bit about what I'm doing uh, going around to these different screens. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. I mean, that that is a great verse for a Christmas card, is it not? It's a fantastic card for Christmas. And uh, uh, it sounds really good. So you go over to Matthew. And we'll go to Matthew chapter 1, and we will pick back up in the text and see what it says to us uh, about the birth of Jesus. And I'm going to give a skeptic's response. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. They were engaged, okay? And in those days, engagement was much more binding than it is in our days. I mean, there was dowry involved, uh, you know, the bride price, all those different things were a part. It was, it was a big deal. Uh, but uh, still within the engagement period, which usually lasted about a year, there was not to be the consummation of the marriage, the sexual act. It says, so, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus, because he will say, actually it's Joshua, Yeshua, uh, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, going back to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. The virgin will be a child, will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union. We're talking sexual union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus as he was instructed to do. Okay, so that is that is on uh, Joseph's side of the equation. What about on Mary's side of the equation? Let's consider that side and her experience. Uh, in Luke chapter 1, we read about this. It says, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel, six-month um it's just, I keep going. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, town of Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. Now, they make a big deal of this virgin thing, okay? Uh, again, I'm speaking as, as a skeptic. Uh, I'm not a skeptic, just for the record, but I'm thinking what skeptics might think. Uh, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled in his words, wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the 
the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. That's a verse to hold on to for today. Luke one thirty-seven. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said, and the angel left her. Now, that is the account in Luke. That is Mary's experience uh, with the angel telling her what will happen to her. I mean, she could be concerned. Think about it for a moment. Uh, you're, you're a woman. You have not had sexual union. You're starting to show signs of pregnancy. Is this a false pregnancy? What's going on in my body? All these different things. Um all these different things, but the angel reveals to her uh, what is about to happen. It had not happened because he says uh, in, in verse 35, the angel Gabriel said in verse 35, Luke chapter 1, verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. It had not happened yet. She was told in advance what was going to happen. Now, let me be a skeptic for a moment. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, this is a fantastic story. Yeah, they, they knew prophecy there back in Isaiah. Um, and these couple of teenage kids who had this lineage, this link to the uh, family tree of David uh, and to Judah and all the way back to Abraham, uh, of course, they they made up this. They knew the prophecies and they went, hey, let's tell everybody that you were a virgin because. It's obvious, isn't it? I'm being a skeptic. How do we know? How do we know that, that that Mary actually was a virgin? How do we know that they didn't have sex? How do we know? How do we know that, 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 the, that the baby wasn't Joseph's? How do we know the baby wasn't somebody else's? How do we know? I mean, they can say what they want to say. Sure, yeah, right, mm-hmm, virgin, uh-huh. Well, Friends, I'm old enough to remember that there were days, and, and so are most of you who are listening with me this morning, when sexuality prior to marriage was really looked down on. And uh, uh, promiscuity was looked down on. And, you know, you, you, were, you were shamed if you were, became, uh, became pregnant. Um, now, listen, promiscuity has always been among us. You, you can read it all throughout the Bible. I mean, I've said before, if you want to shelter your kids, don't read the Bible to them because it's full of all kinds of nasty stuff in there. But it really is. And, and uh, all the way back to Tamar and what she did with, with her, with, with Jacob and, and so much uh, rancid stuff that you read in the, in the writ of scripture. Uh, so, Certainly, there was sexuality happening in those days as well, and so these kids made up this fanciful story that, now, as a skeptic, in fairness, uh, and I'm not a skeptic, I'm just playing the part of a skeptic, it is written, it is written, it is schmitten, who cares? You can write anything. They write novels all the time. Have you ever read John Clancy? You ever read any of those? You ever read Stephen King? Just because it's written doesn't mean it's real. Uh, I'm just answering what what Don put the comments here, and I agree with Don just for the record, but I'm playing the part of the skeptic. It's easy to say that, that, yeah, you fulfill all these prophecies because these couple of kids knew they were this family line. Yeah, it's easy to to look make it look like you're filling these prophecies because these couple of uh, horny kids 
who likely had sex anyway and said they didn't, had a baby. And they said it was from a virgin birth. Right. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. And um, again, I'm playing the part of the skeptic. Anybody can say that. But we get into some other prophecies that now begin to make it a little bit harder for the skeptics. I can see the skeptics saying those things. I disagree with the skeptics. I believe what the scriptures are telling us, uh, vehemently believe what the scriptures are telling us. But there are some other prophecies that we now begin to get into. I mean, another one that I failed to mention in in, in reference here uh, that we read in Matthew chapter 1 is that he would be called Emmanuel, which is God with us, and to just to believe that God is with you. Uh, today, to know that God is with you. Over in Matthew chapter 2, well, let me go back to Micah first. Matthew, not, My, not Matthew, Micah. Chapter 5 and verse 2. Let me show you this. Another familiar prophecy. But you, uh, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of, excuse me, out of you will come one for me who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. And there's a, there's a lot in that verse. Now, first thing is Bethlehem Ephrathah. There are a couple different uh, Bethlehems. I mean, it's like there is uh, there's Lancaster, Lang, Lancaster, New York. There is Lancaster, Ohio. There's Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Did I do that right, Walter? Uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Um, there were there were a few different Bethlehems in that day, and so. Uh, Micah clarifies what Bethlehem it would be. It would be Bethlehem Ephratha, which is just like five miles outside of, uh, of Jerusalem. And uh, a little bit north, there's Lancaster, Virginia as well, Priscilla telling us that. So there were different Bethlehems. And Micah said this, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Now, interestingly, uh, that is this is where Joseph grew up. And uh, this, is, this is considered Joseph's hometown. This is considered the place where he had to go. Uh, interestingly, he had no control over a census that was about to be uh, put in place. So a census is about to take place. And let me take us to another passage of Scripture. Uh, Actually, it would be in the third, I think, the third chapter of Luke. But there's a census. Let me take you into the right place here. Luke 2. Yes, here we go. It says, in those days, Caesar Augusta issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This is the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. And I say, why Syria? Well, Syria, uh, the Syrio-Grecans, Greco-Syrians had captured Israel, and then when the Romans overtook the the Greco-Syrians, they also continued to... uh, have jurisdiction over Israel, 
says, so everyone went to his own town to register. Joseph went up from Nazareth in the Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting child while they were there. The time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to a firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in claws and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Now, the thing I want to talk about in this is the, uh, there's a question that's being asked, and I saw the question, I'll come back to that question, is the fact, how could they control that Caesar Augusta would issue a decree making it uh, so that Joseph and Mary had to go back to Bethlehem? Okay, now skeptics can say, okay, well, they they were just going to go to Bethlehem anyway, and they just put this in there because, oh, wait a minute, now you're beginning to stretch it a little bit as a skeptic, aren't you? Uh, they, they they just put that in there because they thought it would help uh, their argument anyway that they had to go to Bethlehem to to uh, uh, register uh, in the census, so it conveniently just so happened that that took place. Now, for the skeptic, skeptic, I think you're beginning to stretch things just a little bit now. Luke chapter 2, and then back over to Matthew chapter 2, where it tells us this. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. Now, this is maybe as much as a few years later when when we read this account. And uh, But what we do know is that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. We know that. Uh, it, it tells us this in the Scripture. This is a historic record as well, a census record. I mean, there are things beyond Scripture that would substantiate this. Uh, and so Jesus is born in Bethlehem. Now, again, some would say, well, they were going to go there anyway. Well, but there's something that forced them. This now begins to to step away from the certainty with which the skeptics would tend to speak because of what takes place here. Now, there's a question that was asked uh, here in the comments about, do you think that Mary and Joseph knew their full lineage? I, I think they did. Uh, I think that those things were passed down through family generations especially if you were of the royal line, uh, then would would that be passed down to you? Now, other things. Uh, How about in Numbers chapter 24? Uh, Let me get us over there. I'm just trying to show you these verses. And this is one that some would say maybe there is... Uh, some maybe say there is a stretch, but there is a reference here that, that we tend to not look at. That, that I, I've looked at a number of different places that do reference this. Numbers chapter 24 and verse 17, it says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. Uh, this is a prophetic reference. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. He will crush the forehead of Moab, the skulls of all the sons of, of, of Sheth. Now, I don't want to deal with the second part of the verse here, but I do want to deal with, with the first part. Uh, a star will come out of Jacob. 
thinking about this star. Now, what do we know about the star? You go over to where we just were, back to Matthew chapter 2, and you read these words. After Jesus was born in in Bethlehem, Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came... uh, from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where's the one who's born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now, this that is not the only New Testament reference to star. Luke also references the star. But the star that we read about back in um, Numbers uh, chapter 24, the star. Now, okay, now, now we're stepping out beyond... <clears throat> A star would happen. A, 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 a star that's beyond stars. A star, a star that is recognizable by people from the Orient, uh, from the from the distant East somewhere. We don't know how far. It could have been Iraq. It, it could have been further than Iraq. We, we don't know how far, but they are considered from the Orient. We three kings of Orient are. That's what the song says. But we don't know exactly how far. We just know they came from the East to the West to find Jesus, and we, we find that recorded. So the star, that is something that Mary and Joseph had no control over. It was prophesied back in the Old Testament. Here we see the fulfillment of the New Testament. And and one of the things I want to draw out of this uh, is verse 3. It says, when King Herod saw this, he was disturbed because of, of the king of the Jews. Uh, and all Jerusalem with him, when, when he called together all the People's chief priests and teachers of law, he asked them, where is the Christ to be born? In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. And so we see the fulfillment of this. We see the star. Uh, they knew about the star. They knew about the prophecy. They came to worship Jesus. Answering the skeptics. Now we're going further. I'm going to I'm going to go a little bit longer with you today, um, and and say just a few more things. Uh, the presentation of the gifts. Psalm seventy two speaks about the gifts that would be given. And let me read you from Psalm seventy two, folks. I'm I'm going to go a little bit long today. Uh, Psalm 72, verses 10 and 12, it says this. It says, the kings of Tarshish and of distant shores will bring tribute to him. The kings of Sheba and Seba will present him gifts. All kings will bow down to him and all nations will serve him. That is something yet future to happen. It says, for he will deliver... Uh, deliver the needy who cry out and the afflicted who have no one to help. A, a verse for us today of what Jesus will do for us today, but it speaks of the kings coming and it talks about the gifts. And back in Matthew again, it, it speaks of the gifts presented to Jesus. Mary and Joseph had no way <clears throat> Of contacting. I mean, they, they couldn't send an email. They couldn't send a text. I mean, how are they going to convince these, these kings of the Orient to come over, uh, to see Jesus on this farce that they have set up? Okay. Skeptics. All the prophecies being fulfilled are beginning to stack up against you. 
They're prophecies that are given, prophecies that are fulfilled, and the fulfillment of those prophecies gives us uh, certainty in who Jesus is. Now, let me just reference here uh, some of the other prophecies. I'm not going to go into to outlining all of them. Um, th- there's plenty of text. Uh, th- they left in Matthew chapter 2. They would leave. They would flee to Egypt. Well, that is prophesied back in Jeremiah chapter 31. Um he was preceded by a forerunner. You read that in Matthew chapter 3, and, and, and that is prophesied in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 3 and 4, uh, speaking about John the Baptist. So this is, this is some of the answer that we would give to the skeptics. Skeptics would say they began out strongly in their argument talking about the farce of Mary and Joseph. But by the time you get through some of these other prophecies that were given 700, 1,000 or more years prior to this and down to maybe 400 years, 456 years, all these prophecies fulfilled about the birth of Jesus. Just a little bit that we've looked at so far, you have answers for the skeptics. You can take confidence that Jesus, in fact, is the Messiah. You can put your confidence for salvation in him. Look to him. Trust him. Believe in him. Yield to him because of the evidence that we've considered today. Well, tomorrow we'll take our last little look, uh, get a look not at the evidential side of all the prophets and the prophecies, given the prophecies fulfilled, but we are going to look at the experience of the shepherds and the wonder of their worship. Friends, have a great day. Uh, I will let you go, and I will see you tomorrow.